Welcome to the Live Your Greatness podcast with Frank and LJ. Hey, LJ, how's it going? It's going. I can't believe we did this two nights in a row, Frank. <laughs> We're going to be doing it a lot here pretty soon. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> um, we have a real special guest today, and I'm going to actually let LJ take over and introduce our guest, and then we're going to start the interview with Mr. Jerry here. So go ahead, LJ. Well, I got to tell you, I- I'm trying to hold on to my seat, man, because I am ready to fly. I am super excited to be here with Frank, of course, on Live Your Greatness where we talk authentically about spreading goodness, spreading amazing awareness that you have limitless potential and you can do what your heart tells you to do. But here it is, all these months later, I've aligned and I've been talking this up, I aligned with the VFW Post 609 here in Alexandria, in Virginia, where I'm living now, happily living here, I should say. And I've been talking up Commander Gerald Kruger. And the man is here with us this evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited. But before I get Jerry to talk, I just want to give everyone who's new to this platform an idea of what's going on. And yeah, I just need to collect my thoughts and breathe deeply here. So for those of you who do not know me, I'm LJ Raspler. I am on a mission to serve the greater good, to be of service to veterans in need. And upon moving to Virginia, I align with this gentleman here on this platform with us on this call tonight, Commander Jerry. And yeah, like I have huge goals, but we take one goal one day at a time. And Jerry and I started back in January with our first lunch with the veterans each month when there's a meeting. So Jerry was welcoming to me. He listened to what I aspired to accomplish here with veterans, um, changing veterans' lives one veteran one day at a time. And with my current fundraising effort, um, The Power of We, this has become possible that I've aligned with a lot of people who are listening to me go live each and every day to talk up my fundraiser on behalf of Vietnam Veterans Day on March 29th. So when Jerry and I talked about this weeks and weeks ago, Jerry explained to me, I never knew there was a Vietnam Veterans National Day. So I got on it and I said, I'm gonna hold a fundraiser. And in doing so, we are going to provide dinner for about 55 to 60 Vietnam veterans with an alliance, the VFW Post 609 here in Alexandria in conjunction with the Knights of Columbus in Virginia. So yeah, I committed to sponsoring this dinner and we're still doing fundraising effort, but I wanted Jerry to come here front and center this evening not only for you guys to meet him and meet the man that has given me this incredible opportunity, but I want Jerry, who is a Vietnam veteran, the commander of this post, an all around awesome individual, great guy, extremely intelligent, and just very heart-centered in his own purpose here. Um, And Jerry is my true hero. He is a man I have the utmost respect for, but I want Jerry to talk about, Jerry, 
I need you to share up with everyone. Why is Vietnam Veterans National Day so important to spread the awareness about it? Sure, and uh, Frank and uh, LJ, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I presume uh, my mother and father would both uh, pay you great uh, dividends for all the nice things you said about me, LJ. I know you made <laughs> up most of it, but that's okay. Uh, my wife would be glad to watch this and hear that and just say, geez, that sounds like uh, somebody I'd never met before. Is that your really? And I forgot to tell you, Jerry has a very good sense of humor, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, but don't listen to my jokes. They always bomb. <laughs> oh. hey, between you and Frank. So I'm, I'm not sure where we start best, but let's address the issue that LJ brought up first, which is uh, something that I talked about with my wife a little bit this afternoon, because uh, last night I had a unique experience of attending an American Legion meeting here in Alexandria. And uh, there was a young lady there who had 22 years of active service in the US Air Force. And she was a new member joining for the first time. And when they typically ask somebody to stand up and talk about themselves, uh, she uh, got pretty emotional saying, uh, you gentlemen, there were a lot of Vietnam veteran postages around that uh, meeting. And she said, uh, you gentlemen who uh, served in the Vietnam War era are my heroes because, uh, but for your bad experiences of coming home from Vietnam, when the country really was not enamored with the people in military uniform, having succeeded through the administrations of Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon, the other 20-year war, not to belittle the Afghanistan war, which has lasted 20 years, the Vietnam War lasted from 1955 until 1975 when Saigon fell to the communists who came down from the north and took over. Um, in any case, when Vietnam veterans came home from Vietnam, there was no parade like you had for World War I, for World War II. Subsequently, we have had lots of parades, obviously, in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and so on. But the Vietnam veterans were looked down upon for much of the war, which was a very unpopular war in our country. The dissension was uh, so great that there, there were huge demonstrations in Washington, D.C., uh, demonstrations in front of the Pentagon, in front of the White House, all against the policies of having a war off there in that foreign land in Southeast Asia. Uh, there were some atrocities in the war in Vietnam, and those made headline news, and that caused the people to think of Vietnam veterans as uh, druggies, or uh, in some cases call them baby killers, because there was a big incident at Mai Lee where a whole village of people were wiped out by some uh, errant uh, soldiers who had done that. Uh, but for the most part, uh, because of the policies the United States held of rotating soldiers through six months of duty here and six months of duty there, a period of a year to 13 months in Vietnam, and then bring them home, and then send them back again and back again. Uh, one of my prominent members in our VFW post served three tours in Vietnam, was exposed yes. to Agent Orange, has had yes. bladder cancer surgery three times and is suffering uh, from this uh, as, uh, as we speak. Um, in any case, so the Vietnam veterans, when they came home, were not honored. They were spit upon. Uh, and so you can go back and look in history and see how that all worked out. So the young lady last night at American Legion came to tears saying, you are my heroes because because all of what you Vietnam veterans went through, those of us who serve on active duty recently and come home from that are 
treated with respect and honor and dignified uh, ceremonies, parades, if you will, and so on and so forth. So the crux of what Valjay is talking about is that a couple of the presidential administrations ago, it's actually during the President Obama administration, the Congress and the sentiment in the country, probably on the heels of several incursions in, in the, the Middle East, decided to have a Vietnam Veterans Commemorative Day, and they determined it would be March 29th, which happened to have been the 50th anniversary of the time at which all the troops were pulled out of Vietnam, save for a few of the POWs who were still in Hanoi at the time. And so March 29th on Tuesday of this year, they will celebrate the fourth anniversary. 2017, the legislation was signed by President Obama. He wrote a proclamation commending all of those who served during that era of 1955 to 75. President Trump renewed that proclamation. And, and uh, since that time, we've, we've uh, struggled a little bit to let the country know that yeah, in addition to Veterans Day on November 11th, and we're celebrating a Memorial Day, which is a traditional day to honor the deceased who lost their lives in all wars. Uh, now the Vietnam Veterans Day on March 29th is starting to uh, uh, to get some visibility to it. So we're trying to do some honorary things for our Vietnam veterans on that particular day. Uh, LJ doesn't know, but I'm going to invite her today and tonight in front of all of you to come and join me in a, a day at a retirement home yes. on the 29th. Yes, uh, absolutely, Jerry. A number of the retirees happen to be Vietnam veterans and uh, oh. their staff there is excited about having us come and hold a little ceremony for them. I would bring in several of the VFW members from our Alexandria Post who happen to be Vietnam veterans, and we will give them out a proclamation and an honorary pin, a lapel pin. The lapel yeah. pin, I will hold up just to show it to you. Looks like this. It's a little hard to see. Whoop, <laughs> that way. Uh, and I won't go into it, but it has a nice eagle on the front of it. It has a lot of words on the front of it and on some of the back, and they will get the uh, one of these that says, I served in the war. There is oh, a bumper sticker like that for family members. Nice. There is a, a brochure and a pamphlet that talks about the coloration of the design. There's a lot goes into the design of military medals and things worn on uniforms. This lapel pin then can be worn on your sport coat, your, your shirt collar, if you will. Most of us Vietnam veterans who belong to veteran service organizations, whoop, there the other. <laughs> yeah, it's over here. Jerry's wearing on your hat. A couple. Okay. Uh, traditionally, Jerry, people wear you know, one of these kind of hats, put a lot of pins on it. So that's why. I, I have to say this, and this is not the first time that I've heard Jerry talk about why Vietnam Veterans Day is important. And it really catches me. It, it just holds me more and more accountable to know that what I've aspired to do with veterans, it's right and it's good. And when I hear you say it again, Jerry, it reinforces that we need to recognize these veterans like yourself. And it humbles me to know that these people, these individuals who took that oath and signed on the dotted line to risk their lives in service to their country were scorned upon. And, you know, I, I understand now that, especially with such turbulent times we're living in, Frank, you and I talk about this, that, <coughs> excuse me, 
excuse me, we need to give back to those who have stepped up in that way. Mm -hmm. And to be able to be part of this dinner and to, you know, it's not, a, it's not about me, but I feel as though it's my small part of saying, thank you. Thank you for your service. I, I'm grateful for that because as a daughter of a, a Navy veteran, I understand the power of what it means to, to risk your life. To be able to, you know, many of these people didn't come home. But to do this and have this dinner that's being hosted by Mission Barbecue, which by the way, the food is very delicious. Jerry, I, I just, it reinforces that what we're doing, what I'm doing as a civilian is right, right, you know, for the veterans. It's an important day. And I would be honored to join you because I, I was going to ask you about that with the um, senior home to be able to do that for the veterans. But I love the idea of the lapel pin. The symbol on the pin, Jerry, what does it mean um, to the veterans? Of course, those who served in Vietnam has nice uh, little <clears throat> sayings on it that have to do with it's a, a lasting memento from the nation to those veterans and uh, issuing our thanks as a country for their services. Each living veteran who served at any time on active duty in the U.S. Armed Forces, regardless of location, during the period November 1st, 1955 to May 15th, 1975, is eligible for the PIN. And one of the uh, colonels who received it from the Air Force said, I have had a number of medals pinned on me in my day even though it might just be a lapel pin to a lot of people, this is like a medal to the Vietnam veterans. So the medal we didn't get, if you remember people like John Kerry threw his medals over the wall and protest yeah. in the protesting the war after he served in Vietnam mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and military veterans at the time were so put upon uh, by the country and so unhappy that they were throwing their medals away and, and uh, then later on regretted that they had done so. So this is a medal that gives wow. uh, recognition from the country to all of those who, who served it during that time frame. What's nice about it is that the country's commission that was established is acknowledging the service of veterans no matter where they served. So initially people thought, well, it'll be just the Navy personnel who were on ship off the coast of South Vietnam or maybe the Air Force personnel in Thailand who were sending the Air Force flights into Vietnam, or those who actually served in country. But in this case, they're giving the medal and the recognition to anybody who served on active duty, even if they were, for example, in Germany or, or Korea or what have you. Wonderful. I might yeah, add yeah. Those veterans from the Korean War. Korean War never ended. So the armistice uh, that uh, was supposed to be touted in 1953 it's kind of agreed to just separate the forces and, and they never really ended the war yeah. mm. consequently those who people who serve a short time and duration in korea even today can join the veterans of foreign war whereas other service organizations like american legion if you served one day on active duty and you got an honorable discharge you can belong to the american legion but vfw slightly different service organization says you have to demonstrate that you were part of a military campaign overseas that was in fact a war and that's what we do so get a chance i'd like to tell you a little bit about our little vfw post but we'll yeah definitely because i i wanted to talk that up frank i have to say you know when i came to virginia 
I had never been in a VFW post and Jerry showed me around. And Jerry, I would like you to share because the post, this VFW post 609 is in a very special location. And I actually, you know, when I was there the first time, I was kind of almost overwhelmed by it because it, it has such a strong and important history. And it really is on very special grounds. And Jerry, I want you to just talk briefly about that because I've done a lot of videos on the grounds and I've shared it on my Facebook page. Jerry, if you could share um, where the lodge is and why it's so important. Sure. Uh, most veteran service organizations that started up originally after World War One were formed in 1919, 1920, 1921 time frame. So American Legion kind of was first and the VFW as a national organization came second. Our particular VFW post, the 609 is designated, it was the 609th VFW post in the country. And it was started in Alexandria on December 2nd of 1920. So we in 1920 celebrated being 100 years old. Mm -hmm. And of course, American Legion is 100 years old. Most of the early posts in both American Legion and VFW were named after veterans who participated in the World War I era. So ours is called the Russell Mitchell VFW Post 609, named after a corporal who was from Alexandria and lost his life in the machine gun fire in the Meuse Argonne in northern parts of France adjacent to Belgium. He was buried in one of the military cemeteries there. The people who lived in Alexandria and a lot of colleagues, high school friends and that sort of thing, uh, retrieved his body two years later, brought him back here, buried him in Arlington National Cemetery, and then created a VFW in 1920, as I said. Now, fast forward for up to 100 years, um, quite a few years ago, when the VFW was living in the a small building in Old Town, Alexandria, and the building was going to be renovated, uh, moved and sold. Uh, a couple of the U.S. senators representing us in Virginia saw fit that our VFW was such an important cog in the community that uh, they allowed us to occupy a caretaker's house at the Alexandria National Cemetery. That's the history that LJ refers to. The Alexandria National Cemetery was opened in 1862 as the first of 10 military cemeteries. They were called soldier cemeteries at mm -hmm. the time, signed by legislation by President Lincoln. The Union deceased were piling up in the city of Alexandria, which is on the, you know, the Potomac River, south side of Potomac River from Washington. And so at the time, a lot of the Union soldiers who would die in the war in the fields of Virginia were being brought to Alexandria to be nursed back to health patched up, repaired, have amputations of legs, whatever. And a number of them would die and they would be burying them at this small cemetery, which has a long history that goes beyond what I'll cover now in the <laughs> one more history than you have time for. But suffice it to say, the first cemetery was 1862 and uh, 10 cemeteries were opened. In 1864, Arlington National Cemetery was opened, and everybody thinks they know more about Arlington than all the other cemeteries because it is so famous. That was owned and occupied by the U.S. Army. The other cemeteries are owned by what gradually became Veterans Administration, then became Veterans Affairs, 
Department, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, which is, of course, separate from the Department of Defense, has 154 cemeteries around the country, and including uh, in Hawaii. Um, and uh, then states have their own military cemeteries. So you've got a proliferation of military cemeteries. The one in Alexandria, Virginia has probably 40% of the soldiers buried there are Union soldiers, not Confederates, from the Civil War. And then decreasing numbers from World War I, World War II, mm -hmm. Korea, South Vietnam. Um, and uh, we have some graves from the Middle East, from Afghanistan and Iraq. There's about 4,229 cemeteries. It's not about yes. an exact number. The cemetery is filled. Uh, loved ones who um, have a loved one buried there can be buried and join their loved one many times. That's a spouse of a soldier who's already predeceased them and, and, and can be buried there. Uh, every year when we have the weekend of Memorial Day, which is now usually the last Monday of the month of May, on the Saturday before the national holiday is celebrated, we put American flags out on all 4,300 graves and allow the public to come in and help us do this. We have a proliferation of Boy Scout troops, Girl Scouts, Cub Scouts, Brownies, cadets of various uh, uh, capacities, and they all come together and, and do that to celebration. It takes about two hours to do this. Uh, it's a meaningful experience where they can honor the dead. And then on Memorial Day itself, typically pre-pandemic at least, uh, a ceremony there and bring in a featured speaker. The bigger event that turns out is that now wreaths across America in December every year, we're out in the state of Maine. Um, this started uh, some 30 years ago, I think it's 29 years ago. Uh, they create a veterans wreath, they're called, and it's essentially a green bow wreath with a red bow on it. And mm -hmm. people now, because all the cemeteries in the country participate in this, uh, contribute $15 to that uh, uh, nursery in, in Maine and they ship them down in a truck caravan that comes down 20, 30, you know, 18 wheeler trucks coming down the road at the same time. They stay overnight for a while. They stop here and stop there. And then our truck comes and drops off the cemetery wreaths the day before everybody splashes the wreaths around the country. And this year we're proud to say that we had, uh, even with the pandemic and it was hard to get a spot to go put wreaths on graves at Arlington because they were overly concerned about super spreader events. Uh, at our Alexandria Cemetery, we had uh, over a thousand people in the public came out to, to put wreaths on the graves, including- It was so were... great. It was awesome. It was my first experience with it. And you know, Jerry, unless you do this, Frank, it was such an awesome experience to be able to lay a wreath on someone that's buried in the National Cemetery. The line was all around the corner. So many people came out. It was a rather chilly day, but what an experience. And it's just like, you can buy wreaths, like even now to, you know, right, Jerry? We can buy wreaths Prepare even now for next, next year, the next December. Kind of interesting to us is unbeknownst uh, to us, the uh, showed up was a 22, military liaison officers to the various embassies in Washington, D.C. These are overseas military officers who are liaisons to their embassy for the military. There's always a hand-in-glove relationship between U.S. military personnel and, and overseas allies and, and friendly nations that we work with. Uh, 
But these 22 fellows came out and uh, put up a table and served their own coffee. And uh, I can't tell you how many of them were wearing two stars on their shoulder. I thought that was pretty darn impressive that they come out and wow. pay their respects wow, wow, to wow. military veterans right here in our hometown in Alexander. So it was kind of a neat thing. So that's the yeah. two major programs that VFW does. We do a number of other programs, youth youth scholarship programs and so on. Yeah, so yeah. And this Saturday at lunch for vets, Jerry, you know, Frank, there's so many good things happening. And I said to Jerry, my, one of my goals is to grow the membership of the VFW to have younger veterans come in that, you know, it's a brotherhood, Frank, like it's a camaraderie because veterans understand veterans, you know, and, and this is what my message is here, Frank and Jerry. It's all about, we create these circles. Frank and I are talking about people, not only that are like-minded, but it's community and unity, Jerry, and how we bridge the gap between those who are maybe not aware, right? Frank, those who may not be aware of brotherhoods, of circles, to make those very strong connections that resonate within and say, like, people need the support of a veteran's post because, again, it's it's an important, I mean, Jerry's doing some awesome things in this post. They have their monthly meetings. We're gonna create, we're gonna do the lunch for the veterans this weekend it's on Saturday afternoon. Super excited. This is our second, as I said, but it's all, it's all about awareness and it's all about getting people to understand the veterans need to be heard they need to have their voice and they need people it's 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 we need to be patriotic right because of so much going on in this world so i'm just super excited to be aligned with jerry and i'm in the right place in virginia here so many veterans here um and Jerry's just, you know, a, a, an example of someone that's doing right by his community, living his greatness. Jerry, you talk it up, you do amazing things. And I, I'm learning so much from you. And I just am very humbled and honored to be part of the VFW. I'm now the one of the auxiliary members here um, because I, you know, my dad was a Navy officer. So, super excited about you know vietnam veterans day and going forward all the good things that jerry and i will work on together to accomplish on behalf of veterans but jerry's been doing it so i just fall in line and listen to what jerry tells me let's do this let's get the going with this and um i'm always learning about you know why why it's important to recognize veterans. That's why I aligned with someone like him. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, Frank, do you have anything that you're curious about? Um, well, no, I got some, I got something to say though. And it, it, yeah. it's another awareness that needs to come out because um, I'm not a wartime vet. Uh, I miss Vietnam because I was 12. And, <laughs> and I got out before Desert Star, Storm happened. And I'm not disappointed about that. I, I don't even want my son to go to war. I don't want anybody to go to war if we didn't have to. But you do what you got to do, right? This is where we need to educate people because I my uncles were Vietnam vets. And Louis Pincock, my oldest uncle, spent three terms over there as a Green Beret. Mm. And wow. uh, the disrespect that was shown to Vietnam vets is it's 
it's disgusting to call yourself an American per, per, um, citizen for what happened. And the first time I ever saw Vietnam's vets ever awarded or recognized, believe it or not, was in the 80s at an Amway convention. A man named Bill Britt stopped the convention. Wow. And he made he he got on the mic and he asked every Vietnam vet to come walk across that stage. And there was a standing ovation for two hours. People were crying. One guy got up, couldn't even walk, and he made them stand him up so he could walk to that mic. Because this had never happened. You ask, well, why is that pin so important? People, I mean, they were never recognized for anything. And I also grew up in the Native American culture. And I'm going to tell you what, if you're a vet and you don't feel like you've gotten respect, go to a powwow. Native American people honor their vets and they don't care who you are. And every powwow, they bring you all veterans, every single one of them, all of them come out to the middle of the arbor. They sing a, uh, a, a song for you, a veteran song to honor you. And you go around wow. the arbor. Then they bring you up to the MC and they ask you to address yourself, your rank, uh, what branch you served and what area you served. And and then everybody would come out. The whole audience comes out and they shake every vet veteran's hand and tell them, thank you. We all should be doing that. You know, we, we fight for your right to be able to burn that flag. But that doesn't mean you burn the flag. When you understand what's really happened here, you respect the flag. When I was growing up, you couldn't fly that flag at night without a light on it. If it was raining, it had to be brought down. You know, we respected things and we've lost a lot of that because people are uneducated and they don't seem to understand what's going on. Whether you agree with the war or not, you don't take it out on the vets. Okay, right. they're, they're serving their country. So you need to sometimes you have to separate the vets from what the politicians are doing. Because the vets aren't politicians. They have nothing to do with what they're doing. They're ju just there serving a purpose. So we have to change that mentality. Yeah. You, do you I'm agree so with that, Jerry? I'm so glad you shared that, Frank. I'm my, so glad uh, you shared that. My uncle's name, and I'll tell, I'll tell you his name was Louis Pincock. And then my father-in-law was a Korea, Korean vet. He fought in the Korean War. And he was mm -hmm. also the chief of the uh, Fool Soldier Society for the Lakota Sioux people. And we went around and we did uh, ceremonies for all kinds of veterans and stuff. Yeah. Right. I'm up, so glad uh, you shared that, Frank, you know, because there are people that do acknowledge veterans. But, you know, we, we know the struggles. I've, I've learned enough that the struggles to go from military life to civilian life. And Jerry, that's another thing also is I'm so inspired by veterans who, yes, they may have had their own struggles and challenges going from military life to civilian life, but someone like yourself, Jerry, who has managed well and done well for themselves in, in this, you're an inspiration to the younger community who is challenged by this. You know, veterans, Frank, I talked about this the other day, on average, 22 veterans are dying by suicide on a daily basis. PTSD awareness, like I talk this up all the time. Because like, they're not being debriefed right. No, I mean, Jerry, we could talk about this for so long, right, Frank? Like you guys are both military. 
it's such a problem. The transition, I mean, these people are not being able to come back and be productive in society. There's so much struggles today. And it's probably always been that they're like lost in the shuffle. Right, Jerry? They're lost in the shuffle. You, you're oh, in this community. Interesting concepts you're both bringing up uh, on the PTSD thing. Uh, I spent uh, 25 years in active duty, and much of that was done in occupational medicine research, research psychology in particular, and trying to improve the way soldiers perform under stressful working conditions. And I can tell you ear full of stories about that. But one I would relate to with what LJ just said is that the Israeli Defense Force sent uh, large numbers of the Israeli soldiers into Lebanon, and when they would have what we would call a psychiatric break, a psycho psychiatric breakdown that uh, said they're physically okay, but mentally unable, unwilling, and won't fight. And uh, sometimes that was triggered by a traumatic event. I just watched a couple of my buddies get run over by a tank and they got killed and I'm a basket case, okay? So typically the first sort of uh, modus operandi was to uh, ship them back to Israel and give them rest and respite and be put back with their families. And guess what? They went back to their families and they got worse because nobody could relate to the experiences they had and right. they couldn't relate wow. to them. Hard time explaining what went on. This has been the case through all wars. So the Israeli medical people started studying this and decided that, you know what, it'd be better if we take that young man a short distance back from the line of action, out of the combat, <laughs> give him a good sleeping rest, a fresh uniform, fresh change of clothes, uh, good food, a pat on the back, and send him back to his unit. We call that so stand down, Instead of right? sending a replacement in to cause you know break up the unit cohesion they sent back the veteran into his uh, combat unit where he could relate to the people and the others that experienced the same thing they knew about his friend getting run over by mm -hmm. the thing they could relate to him yeah this technique has been adopted by militaries around the world uh, par excellence if you will after that uh, kind of research was done in israel and we've used that in u.s military for years but mm. I think LJ's point is a good one is that veterans relate to veterans. Mm -hmm. In yeah. World War II, the, the soldiers in Europe, because the European battlefront um, ended before we really engaged uh, in, in great numbers, the Pacific campaign against the Japanese, in the European front, literally the soldiers before they released were told, you don't tell anybody about your experiences. You don't tell any of these stories here because it's essentially classified information. Yes. And they held it in and they didn't talk about it. My father was a World War II vet. He landed on D-Day on June 6th. He waded through 118 dead bodies of his comrades to get to the shore under fire. He didn't tell me, a military lieutenant colonel at the time, until my 18th year of active duty, about anything of his experiences in World War II. Mm -hmm. Then it was veteran to veteran. It was no longer just father and son. And then he broke open his yearbook there, so to speak, of his unit. And for the first time, I learned about his experiences in World War II. Many, many veterans had the same kind of story. So they didn't 
tell their stories, they held it in. A lot of them had PTSD, wasn't recognized as that. Each subsequent war in the last 25 or 30 years, we're starting to recognize that it's a unique psychological condition that you can recover from, but you gotta have a right. strategy to figure out how to deal with that. And I think that's how to change that about. story that's going on inside. Cause I've had PTSD since I was eight. And um, so I understand the PTSD part and I've been trained in it and, but it's, it's the same What people don't, I was a drug and alcohol counselor also. And you can't take someone that's never drank alcohol or drugs and sit them in a meeting with alcoholics and, and think they're going to relate to each other. It just doesn't work. You, you need to be walking down the same path as somebody else so that you have something to relate to. Also, my father-in-law worked a lot with soldiers with PTSD because he was in the Korean War and, and he was also in sobriety. He had a lot of years of sobriety and he said, you can't mix the two. That's what increases the uh, flashbacks and all kinds of stuff if you're mm. drinking and stuff. And matter of fact, he hadn't had a flashback in over 30 something years or whatever it was. I can't remember, it was a long time until they, they had to send him to uh, Rapid City for a surgery and they put him under. And when he come out, uh, he was still on the drugs. He had a flashback. It triggered Wow. wow. After all those years, it triggered it. It never goes away. It doesn't, the, the flashbacks don't leave the soldier. Well, and, and see, and that's a point, an important point right there. This never gets rid of anything. It stores everything that it ever sees, hears, or touches. Okay, so it has to be an everyday thing that you're constantly working on. Because I can bring misery back anytime I want. I'm one of the happiest people you know. But because of my PTSD, I used to react to everything. And um, um, one of the things I heard from my drill sergeant in uh, 84, he says our, our number one um, pick for, for new soldiers are Native American people because they're already preconditioned before they come in here. Because most Native Americans, by the time they're five years old, already have PTSD. They're already conditioned. The, wow, that's such an interesting fact, Frank. But it's, it's we need to have more support where what Jerry's talking about, um, these circles where, because I'm gonna tell you, the more you talk about it, you, you, you learn to talk the power out of it too. But at the same time, you have to learn how to change the emotion that's behind the thought. Because the old emotion, the subconscious mind doesn't know what's real or non-real. All it knows is what you tell it. And whatever you tell it becomes its truth. We have to learn how to tell that, that this is not happening right now anymore. And it takes time, but you have to learn how to talk and you have to learn how to get it open. But you can't do it with just anybody. You have to have other veterans that have been through. That's, war. yeah. That's why these lodges are so important, Jerry. Just, just even if the men or the women that are there don't even talk about their trials and tribulations, just to have that brotherhood that circle, like I said, Jerry, right? Like, Jerry, the membership you have, like just in my experience, I see the camaraderie amongst all of you when you're together. We're good at telling war stories. 
<laughs> yeah, and I've heard a couple already. <laughs> That's what veterans do, and the more beer you have, the more war stories get interesting. <laughs> yeah, but it's that brotherhood that sustains you, and, and you have that connection. That's that's what I feel is so important that VFWs or American Legions, whatever, that these people can come together and and be with one another. Even if you don't talk about mm -hmm. your struggles with PTSD. That's why I feel we're, so we're, good we're, that we're I- geared up. We're geared up to try and help one another. I'd like to make a quick yeah. comment about Ray's uh, uh, thing about Native Americans. Uh, you're, yeah. You're bringing back some some big memories uh, for me, Ray. But when I my young children were around, uh, my youngest son joined something at the YMCA called Indian Guides. And Indian Guides is sort of a, a branch off of Boy Scouts, if you will. But okay. it was all focused on what Native American Indians uh, would be interested in. And we would you know, have ceremonies and imitate some of the Indian dances and whatnot. But we all had to take on an Indian name. So my uh, son, had, well, Dad, you got to figure out a name. And I said, OK, I'm going to pick Sergeant Pula. Well, who's Sergeant Pula? I said, go look him up. Well, of course, we didn't have the internet in those days. But if you go look up Sergeant Pula, you'll find out he was a hero in Vietnam. And he was my hero for the Native Americans. So I answered oh, a lot of things, wow. including Hey You, but also the I answered to Sergeant Pula. Yeah. And we <laughs> had our code, we had our code talkers. What's yeah, that? the yeah, code, code talkers. talkers. Yeah, well, your, your, your Diné, which is the Navajo, Yep, but the code also, the Lakota also did some code talking too. Yeah, the Native code American talkers. Indians who served in uniform that, that were not code talkers of World War II. So, nevertheless, the, the other thing I was going to respond to is the PTSD. Uh, yeah, please do, Jerry. Traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. um, you'd be proud to know that our U.S. Congress for years has supported, with large amounts of research money, a research center that's. Uh, kind of called the center of excellence. Everybody has a center of excellence, right? Um, called the Intrepid Center at Walter Reed uh, Campus in Bethesda, Maryland. And that's where the military medical system sends the active duty soldiers who have serious traumatic brain injuries that they've been unable to resolve in any other way. And it's sort of like, here's the tough case. Do this as a form of research to find out how to deal with this particular a traumatic brain injury uh, case. And so they're, they're doing terrific work there. I'm not sure they may have 100 employees and maybe mm. an equal number of patients. And the other thing is that the Congress has supported for years is, is to do research on uh, prosthetics for amputees. And so mm. that research is uh, headquartered at Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland, where I used to work. And they pay a lot of money to universities to do research on robotics and uh, I went to the Gold's Gym one uh, day and there was an army veteran standing next to me in the locker room and he's putting on his equipment and so on. And I'm looking at his leg and he says, oh, it's okay, you wanna look at it? And I said, yeah, wanna understand it? Yeah, he showed me it. Here, there's all this robotic stuff in there and it was articulated ankles. And, and he says, come on out on a treadmill, I'll show you how it works. And I went out there, I was just amazed. Well, this was funded by congressionally funded research to do this kind mm. of work. We have a center at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas, that deals with some of the toughest amputee cases, just like the Intrepid Center does the traumatic brain injuries. We're not as good in the PTSD arena, but it's uh, making a lot of progress, and there's a lot of work going on in research centers around the country. And again, the 
The Congress has been faithful in trying to fund those kinds of research uh, projects to, to study veterans. And of course, the spillover to the nation at large is always dramatic in terms of you know, learning how to improve things for for every person in the, in the country. So uh, yeah. I'm pleased I to have say a son-in-law that. that is uh, 75 to 80% disabled with PTSD, and he's serving his third term right now. Wow. Yeah. So, really, Frank? Yeah. Mm. But he's around he's around people that know him and understand him and and he's doing fine. Uh, right now they just have him down on the border of Texas. But they're down there and uh he's he's doing okay. But I apologize. Was, I called you uh, Ray several times because that's where the email came from. It says Frank right underneath your name. <laughs> Hi Frank, I'm Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Frank, what do you mean, Ray? Where did it come from, Ray? I don't know. <laughs> I wrote it down because that's where I thought the email came from. But nevertheless. That's this, right. You can call like Frank anything. He'll come. I'd like to say what uh, LJ is going to do uh, this uh, Saturday is to serve lunch, not only to some uh, veterans who go back as far as the Korean War and the Vietnam War and a couple of people who are in Iraq and Afghanistan, but we are honoring as part of our youth scholarship programs at the VFW, uh, grade school students who write annually, we, we hold a competition for modest size scholarships, just a couple hundred dollar checks, to write an essay called The Patriot's Pen. And the theme changes every year. And I think this year the theme was, what does it mean to be an American? So we will- Yeah, I talked about that the other day, Jerry. Sixth, seventh, and eighth graders will come and get their award and be recognized in front of the group. And then we have what's called Voice of Democracy for high school students, and that's to write a seven-minute speech and then deliver it. Most of the time now in the modern age, they stand mm. over the smartphone and they read it in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seven-minute speech. The uh, winner gets pushed up to the next higher level in Northern Virginia. Uh, district of 10 different VFW posts. The winner from that goes up to the state level. There are 50 states, of course. The national level VFW program will have their winning uh, Voice of Democracy speaker, I think it's about a week and a half from now, uh, televised uh, over the internet at least. $30,000 prize. Mm. So Pretty good. It's an incentive, <laughs> huge incentive, Jerry. It is. And, and we also really do exciting, uh, Teacher you know. of the Year Award. And we do a Scout of the Year Award. Uh, we mentioned part of the reason I think LJ is drumming up such enthusiasm for contributions is that because our VFW Post meets on a federal reservation called the National Cemetery, we are sort of fundraising limited. We cannot have a cafe. We cannot have outdoor barbecues. Mm -hmm. We cannot have gambling. We cannot have uh, fundraising functions per se. And so we scrape the bottom of the barrel more often than That's that. all right, Jerry. We'll, we'll find our own way for fundraising. And there's a little secret that they do in the, in the life insurance business is because life insurance companies are highly regulated. So they're real particular on how that money is invested. Okay. So before you build the life company, you build a holding company because holding companies can invest anywhere. And that's where the majority of the money goes. And then you take money out of that to, to finance the life insurance company. So there are ways around things that you can do it. We just well, got to get creative. Why, 
No, and I'm glad you said that, Frank, because Jerry, I haven't even discussed this with you, but what I, what I, it's my obligation, you know, in fundraising for veterans, that's through my Neurotech products, but that's not something I want to discuss now. When I held the virtual fundraiser, and now where people can donate through the PayPal, my PayPal link, what I've explained to people, and I'm not giving numbers yet until March 28th when the fundraiser technically ends, that I am taking the money that's been raised with the generous you know, contributions of people, and that's being signed over by a check to VFW. My fundraising efforts now are all being filtered to VFW post 609, and I'm transparent with that because I'm not a nonprofit, me personally. Yeah. But through my fundraising efforts, the VFW posts, Frank. I mean, I I got a fair amount of money I could skip town with. I don't think Jesse would like. It. <laughs> but that money's going to the VFW post because I believe in. I believe that the veterans are worthy and deserving of attention and to receive these funds. So Jerry, the, you know, I've told you, these monies are going to the post. My fundraising efforts will continue and it's all good. You know, it's a win-win situation for me. We can do good things together. We can create momentum within the veteran community for veterans doing amazing things. It's, it's what I'm meant to do and that's why I'm super grateful for my aligning, you know, my aligning with Jerry. Jerry, I love what you do. You, you're, you know, just the things that happen there are are worthwhile. They're meaningful, you know, and we want to just keep gaining momentum. I'm looking to build, you know, as I said, bring more and more people in and call attention to this post and just continue to fundraise in our way, maybe not on the grounds there, but we have really good things. I've talked to Jerry about what I inspire. My dreams are huge. We want to start, I want to start the Cooking for Virginia Veterans Program where we bring a housebound veterans meals and perhaps a bag of groceries. I wanna do, you know, we're crawling. We're gonna take it one step at a time where we wanna do, we salute you dinners, for veterans to honor a veteran, you know, let them talk up their service, whatever they want, but one veteran's gonna be honored with a dinner. It's what I aspire to do. And the more that we share this, Jerry, people will know, you know, on the different platforms, this is big. Frank's got a lot of people listening to him. I have people listening. So we're gonna do great things together. And also, I'm just grateful for this. I just thought of something. Jerry, yeah. um, are you guys going to be doing more fundraising through in, in the near future, like throughout the summer? Well, I do, but Jerry and I have to find that way because we can't do it on the grounds of the National Cemetery. So Jerry and I will talk about things going forward. Okay, because I have I have friends, and I, I don't know why I didn't think about this before. Um, the militia group, there it's a it's a bike group. Do you know about them, Jerry? They're all over the place. The militia, um, I've heard of them too, Frank. The militia people, they're veterans and they're ex-cops and firefighters. And then we have a lot of bike groups out there that I ride with, all used to ride with before I got rid of my bike, that are wartime vets and they have their own clubs. And uh, they do they do poker runs and they they uh, they raise money 
by just going on these poker runs and they man i'm telling you they do a lot of good things so there's all different kinds of ways matter of fact you're going to find out a lot of times it'll be the vets that get out there and uh do their own thing well you know well, we didn't mention this but uh later in the month uh lj is going to join us the we're going to take about 10 of my vfw members out okay. to a it's called a wounded warrior willing wounded warriors rehabilitation center i can't wait and the theme there is that um uh, a philanthropist out in the western part of Virginia had uh, purchased a large plot of land, a farm, if you will, and, mm. and two great big houses built on it. And he started up a plan to bring wounded wo- warriors there to rehabilitate. Well, long story short, after it grew for about eight, ten years, uh, now this organization is pretty nicely funded, I would say. But they bring a wounded warrior from a Walter Reed Rehabilitation Center, Walter Reed Army Medical Center from Bethesda, who's been there at least one year and anticipating is going to be there at least one more year. To get some respite from being in the hospital setting all that time, that warrior, he or she, is invited to bring a family, up to 10 family members, and spend one entire week out at this facility. They only take two families at a time and they fuss over them, they bring out uh, LJ, you'll find this out. A kick when you get there. Uh, celebrity chefs to have a celebrity chef oh, cool. cooking night. The celebrity chefs, for the most part, have come from the White House chef staff. Oh wow! And they cook them meals, a special night out. Nice. They take them out and sort of let them have as much peace and quiet as they can. Take them out oh, camping. They, you know, river. Uh, what do you call it? river or rapid ra, ra, ride the rapids on a oh, ride yeah, white 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 rapid white rafting. water rafting there you go and a couple of other things uh, bonfires at night it's just a, a touching kind of a setting and we are establishing a partnership my little post of 120 members with that uh, willing warriors retreat center oh, i love trying that. to help out in any way we can and of course, the first thing they'd say, well, are you contributing funds or in-kind services? I said, don't have any funds. It'll be in-kind services. You have to help figure out which which services are the best match between what my aging membership has and what your needs are. But Jerry, don't are worry, we'll raise funds like for it. We'll get there. Well, I got, <laughs> well uh, one of my brothers lives right up the street from me. He's uh, the president of the militia chapter here in, in Pier South, in Pier. And um, his name is Chad Cooper. So I will I will talk to him about getting involved with you guys, or or at least talking. Maybe we to can see coordinate he, something. Yeah, Chad does great. amazing stuff. I mean, he's a go getter, and when it especially when it comes to children and stuff like that, supporting things, veterans coming in, and uh, um, all kinds of people. So no, yeah. it's awesome. I am super excited. Jerry, you rock. Frank, you rock. Like, I, I'm, you know, every time I speak about my mission, my pa- passion, and my purpose to serve veterans in need, changing one veteran's life one day at a time, I just get so inspired. It's, it's just, you know, I, I say this, I'm wearing my dad's dog tags. My dad is just putting me on that right path every time I chatted up about the veterans. And Jerry, I'm just freaking happy that I got to share you tonight. <laughs> because this is important, Frank. You know, 
Frank and I are going to be talking up, you know, just community and unity. But, you know, what I've aligned with here with Jerry is community, is unity, because you got to come together to create that energy and moment and to build momentum. And, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, but man, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to build. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'll, I'll, when I was a drug and alcohol counselor, one of the biggest things that I saw that was wrong was 60 days and inpatient was not enough, especially with Native Americans, because that I worked at a facility that was for them. And I knew that after 60 days, they had to go back to the reservation where you got 80, 90% alcoholism and no jobs. Mm-hmm. And I and I used to tell them, why are we not hooking them up to voc rehab? So as soon as they're done with treatment, now they're learning a skill and they have a reason to stay sober. And it's the same with with vets. When you when they come out, they had a mission, they had a purpose. And now that you've taken that, it's not there. We have to give them something to to fill that void because it's like when you take away the alcohol and the drugs from an alcoholic. What people don't understand is why they keep going out and relapsing is no one's teaching them how to fill the void Yeah. because they spent all day trying to get the alcohol and now they have to fill it with something else and something positive. The community that we're building, and this is what I'm seeing, Jerry, uh, we have women that are skilled and men that are skilled in a lot of things. Um, they, they know how to teach people to go on online, start their own business. One of the, and this is important uh, because, and, and I know you've probably heard this saying, if you want to do well in business, you have to see in what direction is the world going and you have to get there first. Well, internet is where the world is going. Business is changing and we have to, we have to keep people up on that. So we, we need to teach them skills, but with a nonprofit, we can raise funds that will help vets that can afford it to pay for life coaches, business coaches, to teach them how to take their skill and market it and wow. start their own business. These are the things that has been going on through my head and how we can align it with what we're already doing. This is the power of we. Okay. Yeah. And when we have the power of we, we don't leave anybody out. No. Because no, 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 it, Frank. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. so, that's so, like, that just, like, lights me up when I hear you say that. Because resources are important for people who don't have those resources. Jerry, there are so many vets, you know, that come out and they don't have those resources to know which way to go and in what direction they need to make it back in civilian life. So Frank, you said that. Well, how how much, Jerry, in your own opinion, how much do you think that that would make a difference if you're giving that veteran purpose again on helping them with their PT, everything? I think you're, you're right on the right path. And uh, this is uh, something that the governmental programs try to do, but governmental programs are too bureaucratic and they can't conduct this kind of thing at the level that you're describing and so it is important to one we have to identify those vets who are in need two we got to convince them that we can together work in a partnership with them to help make their flight a little easier and uh, bridge into it there are various organizations that will help vets set up 
a, a veteran-sponsored business. There's one meeting going on right now tonight, which I ordinarily would participate in. Uh, those people are going to make it. It's the ones I think you're describing, Frank, that are uh, kind of uh, not uh, so attuned with what they need to do to help themselves. And, right. and that's where we can help bridge that gap uh, with uh, veteran service organizations like wow. our and that's, and that's key. And you know, what's by the way, here. I should mention in case Frank doesn't know that uh, most veteran organs, veteran service organizations, VSO, like VFW American Legion and whatnot, are all classified by Internal Revenue Service as 501c19. That's what, yeah. Very similar to 501c3. Uh, there are some slight differences to it, but it's it's not deemed, quote, a charitable organization, but shares with some of the tax exempt. Uh, uh, classifications that IRS honors for all veterans organizations. Okay, so Do, that's oh, that's one question I would have yeah. is, if we found them a business coach or a life coach, does does do those um, do they require certifications, or can it be somebody that has the knowledge is good enough that they would do the funding for? You know good what I'm question. saying. Oh, to provide somebody that can guide them in business or to, uh, like, live live more, what's the word I'm looking for? We have some live highly skilled, optimally. yeah, they we have some highly skilled people, but not right? all of them are certified, is what I'm saying. But they can take them further than some of those certified programs that are out there. Yeah. So, but sometimes when you're so, dealing with the government, they want to see certifications, so I don't know. So that's something Frank's we can a learn good about. set of questions that's uh, beyond my level of uh, understanding at this point. But you remember, we're talking about veterans. There are veterans who are still on active duty. Right. They are still in the military, if you will. And they may be uh, participating in a, a medical rehab program, like I said to mention, the ones that Walter Reed, those fellows will eventually be uh, nudged over to the Veterans Affairs Department of the federal government. And Veterans Affairs has enormous numbers of training programs always have a problem with getting vets to participate in them. And yeah. So sometimes the nudge that we have to do is to direct them in the right place to find the VA program that best suits their needs. Uh, so I have one member of my VFW post recently uh, after the Congress uh, passed legislation to recognize the people who were in Vietnam exposed to Agent Orange mm. added three more diseases to the list that the presumption is if you spent time in Vietnam, you were exposed to Agent Orange, right. you likely got this disease from your exposure to Agent Orange. Recently, the Congress, talking in the last couple of weeks and months, has passed some legislation to start acknowledging that those who served in the Middle East and were likely to have been exposed to burn pits where they burned the garbage, munitions, uh, human Ooh. waste, you name it, uh, explosives, uh, they might have gotten respiratory diseases. They've listed, I think, nine different respiratory diseases that would be acknowledged as possibly um, eligible for some medical compensation, uh, but you have to apply and, and verify where you were assigned and how likely is it you were exposed to, right. to those burn pits for that one. With Agent Orange, the presumption is if you're in Vietnam, you were exposed. Uh, even if you were on a ship offshore because they sucked up water as ballast into those ships and uh, exposed them to, to defoliants. Uh, I, when I was in Vietnam, it was kind of interesting that they sent over some microbiologists doing research projects and uh, 
they went out to fly in one of our airplanes. We call them CIA airplanes because that's what they were. And they, they were taking films over the jungles to show whether or not the defoliants that have been sprayed as Agent Orange had done the job mm -hmm. or not. How long would it take for the jungles to grow back after having this defoliant on it? And those young scientists came back the afternoon and said, holy crap, we got 24 bullet holes in our airplane from flying too low in the jungle. Crazy. <laughs> they studied the defoliants and found, of course, eventually those jungles go back. So the defoliants don't last forever. The whole business of, you know, chemistry, if you will. But yeah. uh, people who have uh, exposure to these are, are shuffled into the right programs at the VA. The other tougher ones are the ones Frank is describing is how do you shuffle them into the right programs at VA and does the Yes, VA it's really proper um employment call is for mental health workers. So they're looking to hire mental health workers mm -hmm. and if the government puts too many bureaucratic hurdles in front of hiring those people, it's hard to get matched up with right proper mental well, health and if we're fire. raising if we're we have a non-profit the government has nothing to say about who is doing the trainings so that's the good thing about free enterprise and stuff we can do that um i'm going to do charest got a hold of you the other day for a reason and i think she can fill some of the gap here and that's her name is charest rodriguez and she's really good at creating um nonprofits and raising funds but she's also connected with a lot of professional people that know how to take care of these things and how to build people up in into their own business all kinds of stuff yeah. so we, we're creating quite a woman jerry yeah and, and she's about the veterans also and she has connections how we help veterans you know this is all going to eventually align because i've told jerry my huge aspiration is to run retreats for veterans and their families free of charge that we can have a weekend of healing and even to put aside your cares for a weekend where you gather and we have speakers there and people that you know support emotional physical and mental well-being of those who perhaps are suffering from ptsd you know yoga and just all these things that I want to do, but it's one step at a time, but it's all about the veterans and all about providing the resources mm -hmm. that are perhaps overwhelming to the veterans. And which way do I go? How do I know what I need? And Charest, this Charest Rodriguez could be a person that could steer us in the right and direction. And we can do that with some masterminding and stuff like that. We'll oh just, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk up the vets, Jerry. But it's you... what Frank and I do. But I got to tell you, her goal was only to do 30 minutes, but her introduction was over 30 minutes, I think. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't stand it. I could talk for hours about the veterans. It's See, he's fun. right there. He's right there. With and I got to let Jerry go because here's the deal. I'm meeting Jerry tomorrow at Old Town Deli where we're getting the lunch for the monthly meeting to honor the students who are getting those awards to provide a lunch for American Legion mm. and VFW veterans. It just warms my heart. I'm so excited. Jerry, 2 p.m. tomorrow. And I can't, like, I just, I'm busting. <laughs> and Jerry, uh, brother, I'm sure I just people want to aren't going to want to watch this podcast because it went an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> no, so that's, that's all right. They long. pick and choose what they see. <laughs> but and you know what, Frank? We don't edit it. And it's, you know, what we're looking to do is, is 
put out information that someone else, even if someone's listening, they may have a friend that says, you know what? Like, I could benefit from that. I live in Virginia. Oh, I might want to get involved. In, you know, Jerry, it's that, Frank, it's that ripple effect, yeah. right? It's that ripple effect. Thank you, Debbie Prediger. It's the ripple effect of, we talk about this, we bring joy in inspired conversation. Who knows what's who's listening? Right. Well, Jerry, well, I, I uh, before we get off here, I, I want to tell you that it's an honor, and I'm glad we finally got to meet. And I know it's not going to be the last time we meet. Oh yeah, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. I just think you're awesome. I am so honored and privileged to hold space with you here to um, be on this whatever mission you want to call it together. You've taken me in under your wing and allowed me to do my thing. And it's going to be huge. We're going to do amazing things, but we do one thing at a time. We hold one vent together. And, and Saturday, we're holding our second veterans lunch with the veterans. I can't wait. But before, Frank, before, what I want to do is, Jerry, I want to let Jerry go. But Frank, I want to kind of just wrap this up with you. Okay. Before we head out, Jerry, I'm going to let you go. Is there anything you want to say before you go? You want to say anything, Jerry? <laughs> All right, thank you both for the opportunity to spend time with you. It's been delightful. Uh, I think LJ is, uh, is teaching me a lot of things as well. And uh, shortly has uh, sparked up the enthusiasm in our little VFW post. Just oh, yeah. Presence. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Smiley face. So we're glad to participate with it. And Frank, it's an honor to meet you. And I think you have great ideas. And I hope you can pursue them and follow through on them uh, oh we will don't worry I'll, i won't let you i won't let frank off the hook <laughs> and i will leave the meeting so you two can yeah jerry own. have a great night thank, thank you my friend good night jerry look at that frank live your greatness <laughs> you hey know, um I'm, before we get off here though you're also going to want to tell people where to go and then when I, we post this um, go ahead and put the link down there in the comments so and, and where they can get a hold of you so that if anybody wants to don donate to this cause they can do that also okay yeah you know okay. Frank I'm so grateful for you for allowing Jerry on you know I knew you would be such an important asset That's in my important. mission here and being able to talk to Jerry. Jerry just, he's, hes you know, he's not a kid. He's, you know, late 70s and he just has the enthusiasm of like a 30-year-old or a 25-year-old. And he's been the commander. I think this is his second year, Frank. And he's made my journey of trying to segue into this population mm that much easier and smoothly smooth running and we're just tag teaming beautifully but i'm so grateful to you frank for allowing me to talk this up to allow jerry to come on here and share this incredible space but we're living our greatness we're well, living okay it, but it's not about allowing because um i am a vet and i understand some things and we would, none of us would be able, and, and I'm, and I'm going to get serious with everybody. None of us would be able to live our greatness if it wasn't for our veterans, period. You need to understand that. And it doesn't matter if you agree with what war is going on. 
you need to understand why the vet is there and what his purpose is. It has separate him from the politicians or her um, and, and respect them because they put their lives on the line so that we can do what we're doing right now. It's, and it's, uh, that's, that's all that's about, you know? So yeah, yeah. you have the right to, to burn the flag, but when you understand what they represent and what they did for that flag, you're not going to want to burn it anymore. It's, you know, Frank, and I say, I put the politics aside and I put that what's going on in our world. We got to focus on, you know, giving back. Um, just, I can't help it, Frank, but just it. I'm beating a dead horse over this. It's it's the power of we and aligning with people who inspire us to step up, you know, take action, effectively execute. It's what we, it's what I'm thriving on. And I know you are mm. and together. We are stronger and better. I say that all the time, Frank, I'm just super grateful for you. Super grateful for the dialogue we had tonight. And to let other people see that Jerry is real. <laughs> Jerry is a very real individual. I've been talking up Jerry Kruger, and he just knows a lot of stuff, and he's very connected with supporting veterans. And we'll do more talking about this. We'll talk. Listen, I'm a fundraiser for veterans. It's what I do. And uh, it's... It, it's it's giving back frank and that's what we do frank we we're giving back on this in this platform talking up good things sharing other people's abilities and i just love the co-creating and well, collaborating and, and that's you. just it we had to have a listen to a little kid that was nine or ten um a few weeks ago talk about giving Okay, in our mastermind class. And oh, he, yeah. he he just gave one of the number one ingredients for abundance that there is. The more you give, the more you get. It's the law yes. of compensation. It's the way it works, but most people don't seem to understand that. And that's what if we focus on the mission and about giving, everything else will take care of itself. And and that's what um in anything you do and like when i was working with um alcoholics and stuff and i was helping them with the recovery i told them i said listen if you focus on you being 100 percent accountable to you and what you need to do you don't have to worry about your wife or your children everybody's going to be taken care of because when you're accountable to yourself you are now you are now the spiritual leader in your home. You're you're the uh, financial provider in your home. Everything's being taken care of. You're being taken care of. So the stress level that you have going on is no longer there. So now your mood has changed. So now everybody in the house feels safe. Everybody's eating. They have a warm place. And now the whole family is feeling comfortable because you took care of you. And, and it's how we look at things that changes things and if we stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and we focus on this person here and make you the greatest you can be and allow them to make themselves the greatest they can be things go a lot smoother oh yeah 
It's and, so true, Frank. It's And know, that's what veterans do for us, okay? They take care of us out here so that we can do what we want to do, what we have, our, what our amen, passion Frank. is about. We, without amen. them, we would be, it would be, the whole world would be China. It's, and I'm sorry if that offends you, but when you take people's free agents away, you're, you're not of God, period. And that's who I am. I, I'm a man of God, and I believe in free That agency. you are, Frank. I believe in it's, free agency. You know, it's... And that's what I veterans stand for, is free agency. Free, I, I mean, I just... What you say resonates with me, Frank. It, it warms my heart. It's. I just want to keep talking the, the veterans up and, you know, just empower people and give people reason to understand that they matter that they're important that they're well, thanks for uh, introducing me to jerry's beautiful man. jerry's awesome i you know and it's funny because i have been talking about him since uh since november and you know jerry and and when i do my you know posts my live posts on my facebook page and i i'm at the you know the vfw lodge which i'll do saturday for this event and the veterans lunch with the veterans you know, now we can, because you'll share this, I'll put this on my platform and I share it with all the others. And people will listen to this, Frank, whether it's five minutes, whether it's 10 minutes, pieces of it. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, you know what? Wow, LJ's really kind of pretty credible. Let's support this mission. Because it's not, it's about me being the voice on behalf of the veterans, right, Frank? I'm the one that's getting comfortable being uncomfortable talking this up because my mission is so important to me that I have to do this but Jerry's real <laughs> well and it is and it's like we we talk about that that power we everybody is a piece of that puzzle and yeah. the more we all come in and we put that piece in there then we're going to get things done it's not about doing anything by ourselves the vets no. can't do this all by themselves um, they need us we need them and Amen. We're just designed that way. And once we learn Frank, to accept it, things will go a lot smoother. This was, I just got to get my, you know, I, I didn't put my earphones on today. This was not 30 charging. minutes though. Oh, God, <laughs> hey, Frank, guess what is what, Hey, I got to give you, I got to give you an, she, LJ did not <laughs> drop the F-bomb today. No, you weren't <laughs> supposed to video me. You weren't supposed to video me. See, you just Anna got loved it. it. She laughed. She said, that is, that's funny. And you know, Frank, I have to tell you, when I was listening to us talk yesterday, and I was so glad you left me that message, Sagas, and I was listening to the replay of our live last night. Right. I was so feeling your energy and like, yeah, I was the teacher, but you know, you were we both like, I struggled as, as a student myself and all this. We learned so much from each other, Frank. You do, but that's why I'm saying, when you're building a team, you, you can't get a better fit. I mean, we got the teacher and we got the learning disabled guy. Yeah, but, but yet, you know, we're what, both Frank, bringing something into it that is aligning and it's powerful. But you got the business sense too, Frank. You know, that business sense is a very crucial component. The communication stuff that I have is because of my learning disability. And then you have the teacher part where you're connecting that other part that I struggle with and we're bringing it together and it's becoming something pretty cool. Oh, so, it's, and it's, I, it's I like our cool. dynamic, Frank. 
Yeah. I, my green screen's not there, so I see. I feel like I'm cutting in you and see, out. You see? See, look at that. That's the difference. But I know. I can't wait to get my green screen's going to come in, I think, the 15th. Well, I can't believe I how it, fast everything else showed up. I got to live your greatness. It's yes. so super exciting. That looks I, really just, good on Facebook. I'm watching it right now. But Frank, I can't, like I said to you, with the iPad, I don't feel like I'm looking straight. My head. Right. <laughs> It, when, when you get the uh, when you get your um, uh, your camera, it'll work better. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna order the camera. Because then you don't have to worry about the iPad. You can just put the iPad any way you want or or whatever. And your camera is what's going to bring the picture. Because the camera will be straight, so I'm looking yeah. there, and it'll be so right. much better. Because now my camera's to the left of me. Well, I have to tell you, I had a ball tonight. I'm inspired. I'm just loving the connection, Frank. This is this is a really good platform. People are going to want to start to listen to us, and I say that with humility, Frank. But because our main focus, and listen to what she's saying, we're here to connect. Whoever Absolutely. you need to work with, we're here to connect because we are in line with a lot of really, really powerful people. And I, when I say power, I don't mean like empowered empowered empowered. people that are just very talented and they're on a mission to empower you and help you be your greatest we're connected with these kind of people and they're excited about what's going on and we want to hook you up to who you fit with because it might not be with me right or me and you know we have so many people now and the we empower world is just rocking it frank there's so many things coming out every day i'm like right. oh my god yeah i can't keep up yeah but it's all good it is so good. this was a ball i'm so so excited we did this and um i'm going to be as as i just to be transparent because we're always talking real real talk that I'm away for a few days. I'm going back to New York. Right. And Frank and I are going to start next week, Frank. Like whenever you're ready, when you get everything set up where you're comfortable, then we're going to start uh, coffee with Frank and LJ in the early in the morning. Um, until I can do this full time, it's going to be early. So you might. Yes. If you're early birds, then you'll get to see it. If you're not, you'll have to watch the replay. But it will. All right. Be- so we'll we'll be able to talk up more details as you and I figure right. out what we're doing. Um, we're thinking just as an FYI, we're thinking probably not on a night that I on a day that I work because I get home. It's like six to forty, and I'm like, whoa! I didn't even eat dinner yet. But I walked today, which was good. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when we do the nighttime, when we bring a guest on, Frank, we'll start maybe once a week as we talked about. Maybe we'll do it on like we'll figure that out on a Thursday on a on a Thursday or something. Right. And those those will I, probably uh, when we have the interviews at night will probably be closer to an hour, but the ones in the morning will be thirty minutes. Frank, they have to be. We have to learn how to keep it short. <laughs> The introduction this morning was at least 30 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Did you see Jerry laugh when I said that? He went, (laughs) you know, 
this he's not man. used to getting that many compliments he said my wife doesn't even know who you're talking about <laughs> i talk of jerry all the time because he's awesome he, he's sharp he's sharp and i'll tell you when jerry watches this jerry's gonna love vox products because as he told you what he does frank he's gonna love when i because i'm gonna give him vox products but i got that's besides the point anyway i gotta go eat dinner frank i I don't even know what to say to you. You rock. I keep saying that. You rock. You're awesome. You you just live your greatness in such a beautiful way. And I'm inspired to be part of this community with you. You know what? And and you just fit that circle <laughs> so nicely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah. But I'm blocking the I'm blocking this beautiful logo here. <laughs> that's what, that's all right. Italy. That's okay. It, the live your greatness is like a halo over your head though that's what it's important. really <laughs> the other part is the is the logo um my dad actually had that created i love it and right. um that has a patent on it in uh, san francisco where he had his business he was a vocational rehab counselor so we me and my dad were pretty much in line about helping other people so yep. yeah yeah a matter of fact one of the things that my dad took Taught, taught me when I was younger was good counselors have counselors. So good coaches have coaches. Oh, Frank. Because you can't mirror yourself. We we all need, you know, someone to guide us. In. To mirror you uh, so that you can yeah. see what's going on. Because sometimes Absolutely. we get too, 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 too directed. This was so cool, Frank. So, all right. So I'm going to chat. I gotta go eat dinner, but I'm gonna chat with you over the next day or so. All right. Uh, you post this. I, did you see that I shared this to my Facebook page and I made a little blurb about our conversation yesterday? Because whenever I share it, Frank, I, I talk up all the goodness. I, yeah, I I'm just gonna have to it. have my son-in-law come in here and clean this tower up so that it took me a while to get that on uh, Spotify and, and Anchor. Because it would be. Yeah the background music and it was it was struggling so it's it's running a little slow yeah it's because i don't know what i'm doing and he that's can, all right i don't know what i'm doing i might either. have to get a stronger tower that just <laughs> maybe one of these gaming towers that are ass kickers you know what like i don't even know what that means just tell me what i needed frank i got the stand i got the earphones which i'll put on I, i'm just following your lead and together with We'll figure it doing out. Great. We'll figure doing it out. Stuff. But what people need to understand, LJ, and this is, we're doing it. We're you oh, just got to get started, guys. Yes, we're doing it. So it's only really, going to get better. I feel that, Frank. I love it. It's we're awesome already, stuff. Yeah, it's it's only going to get better, LJ. We're going to get. You don't wait. have to. Wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Have a beautiful night, everyone, Frank. Yes, it's and awesome. remember to start your day with prayer and end it with prayer. And if you can do that, your day, it's just going to be good. And we are stronger together. The power of we, everyone. It's Absolutely. about unity and community, building those circles, creating momentum, and using that to up-level and transform. Yeah. Absolutely. Good night, LJ. Peace out, bro. Good night. Good night, guys.